Hey everybody, what's going on? Manny from Ombre Gaming here. I just wanted to let you guys know I recorded my audio track in a big empty room. So it sounds a bit echoey. Um, I won't be doing that going forward. I'll be recording in a much better location, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up as to why it maybe sounds a little bit off on my end. But yeah, I hope you enjoy the show and we'll talk to you guys soon. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ombra Gaming Podcast, episode three. Um, as always, I'm Manny, and I'm here with Steve and Matt. What's up, guys? Hey, everything's going well. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you, Steve? I'm doing okay. I played a couple of milestones in Destiny before this and didn't rank up, so I'm not actually doing that great. I'm a little, <laughs> a little frustrated. But otherwise, it was a good weekend, so happy to be here. Nice. Well, I'm happy to be here, too, uh, particularly because we're joined by our good friend, guest of the pod, our first guest speaker, actually. Uh, we're here with Richard, a.k.a. Toot Loot Riot. Richard, what's up, man? Hello! Glad to be here. Glad to have you. It's exciting. Yeah, we're excited. Um, I will forego the introduction so that you can introduce yourself. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, what people might know you from, and what do you do? Uh, I am Richard, primarily known as Toot Loot Riot on Twitch. I'm a Twitch streamer. I stream uh, usually three days a week, variety games, recently mostly Dead by Daylight, and I'm going to be starting a Fallout playthrough soon. Oh, which Fallout? Fallout 3, actually. I uh, I tried to start with Fallout 1, but it was a little rough for me. So I'm going to skip ahead to my favorite, Fallout 3. Very cool. So, Richard, we're, we're just going to call him Toot just because it works. Yeah, it's, it's easier. Everybody knows me that way. So Toot is actually the reason I got into streaming. I don't know if you knew that, Toot, but... <gasps> I feel so honored. Yeah, I feel honored. And I think I'm the reason Steve got into streaming. So it's like trickle-down inspiration. Yeah, because, see, you do this thing where you're like, hey, man, I'm really excited about this new thing, and I'm going to send you everything that I bought so you can buy. And I was like, well, I'm not going to not buy it. Like, these things are all pretty affordable. And then it became a really fun time. So thank you all. So yeah, why don't we go ahead and get started? So for today's episode, we're going to talk about a handful of things. We're going to start with a little segment called Get to Know a Gamer. Matt is going to lead that one. He's going to ask us some questions and we're going to answer them. And you guys will know us all the better. Um, so I'm excited for that. We're going to talk about the newly released Red Dead Redemption trailer. Um, I know, Steve, you're particularly excited about that. Out of all of us, I think Steve probably will play the most of it. I only played... I don't know, maybe like four hours of it. So I, I don't, I'm actually not that familiar with the series. So we're going to talk about that and the upcoming game that we're all pretty excited about. And then we're going to talk about uh, the return of the Iron Banner, which both uh, Steve and I are pretty stoked on, uh, particularly as the resident Destiny 2 players. So we'll cover some developments there. And, um, and then the second half of the show will just largely be about streaming. We're really excited to ask Toot some questions and get to know a little bit more about his background, what got him into streaming, um, and just sort of his experience with the community building that is Twitch. So with that, why don't we get started? Matt, take it away with Get to Know a Gamer. How's this going to work? Uh, welcome to Get to Know a Gamer, also known as G2CAG. I'm your host, Matt Patton. Welcome to the game show in which I ask in-depth questions to our panel of contestants so that our studio audience and at-home viewers get to learn about the complex and diverse backgrounds of the voices they listen to every week. What an intro. Do they count as viewers if this is a podcast? Yes. Uh, yeah, of course they, they do, do, actually. That's an official uh, Tollywood Manny, term. Can, can you not see sound? Oh, I can. Is that something you guys can do? <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, let's... 
get to know a gamer. Toot, this first question is for you. Ooh. What is your favorite emoji? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I gotta go with the poop emoji, hands down. Poop emoji. <laughs> that's a good one. Hundred percent. That is a pretty solid one. Um, all right, Manny. This second question is for you. What is your favorite fall holiday? My favorite fall holiday is Thanksgiving. Final answer. Locked in. Locked in. Don't need to use a phone a friend. I don't need to use a phone a friend. <laughs> All right, and Thanksgiving was the correct answer. Great job. Uh, Steve, my third question is for you. Which pepper of these choices is your favorite pepper? Jalapeno, red bell, pig, or Anne? I think I'm going to have to go with a pepper Anne on that one. That's also the correct answer. Good job. I would have also accepted jalapeno. But, you know... She's marching in her own parade. She's one in a million, all right? And that has been this episode of G2CAG. I'm your host, Matt Pat, signing off. Have a fantastic evening. And remember, everyone, to spay or neuter your pets. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So as context, we had actually no idea. Both Steve and I were actually trying to get Matt to give us the questions beforehand, and he kept them a secret. Yeah, I'm hoping you're going to do this a few times where I ask um, obscure, pointless questions. Yeah. But that reveals something a little bit more about each of our uh, panelists. I mean, I know more about Steve now, and I, I've, I've known him for close to, to, what, like maybe mm. eight years now? Yeah, we're getting old, man. We are getting old, but now I know what your favorite <laughs> pepper is, so if I ever want to buy you a pepper, I won't be able to because it's a human. So, <laughs> I mean, you could, I'm sure you can get it on DVD or something at this point. That's true. Yeah, probably. That's well, that true. might have even been in the time of like VHS. Who knows? That was a long time ago. Yeah. Mm. With like recess. All right, we're getting off topic. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens on this podcast, but that's okay. All right, cool. Well, with that, let's talk about some Red Dead Steve. What do you got, man? All right. So the trailer released, uh, what was it? Um, last Thursday, I think. And it was absolutely incredible. It was everything I was hoping to see, minus one big thing. No John Marston. So for those familiar with Red Dead Redemption, you'll know that John Marston is the main character. And during that game, you're basically playing um, because the FBI has your wife and kids and they're using you to go against your old gang. So that's the whole plot of the first one. So those are the missions you're doing. You're going back and forth from, you know, Mexico to the United States. The map in Red Dead 2 looks substantially bigger, which is obviously awesome because we all saw what they did with the Grand Theft Auto 5 and how big and diverse that map was. So I was a little disappointed to not see John Marston because he did become definitely one of my favorite characters of all time. And I'm pretty sure he became a big fan favorite across the board. I know a lot of people were very disappointed at the end. We're going to throw spoilers because if you haven't played Red Dead Redemption by now, you've already seen the spoiler. Come on. it's well, That game came out in like 2009. So you eventually play as his kid, not as cool as John Marston. We'll just say that. As children are usually not very cool. Mm, Typically. True. I mean, John Marston is a badass and this kid's just like, eh, I used to farm. And like, not as cool. Also, fun fact about John Marston, he was never a kid. He was born into adulthood. Spoiler. He was actually just born on horseback. <laughs> with just with two guns in his Just hands. a lasso. <laughs> just ready to rock. Yeah. Um, and so in this one, uh, it, because it is a prequel, so from what you can see in the trailer, there's a new main character named Arthur Morgan. And from what we can tell, he is what looks to be the muscle of Dutch's gang. And Dutch was basically the main antagonist in the first one. So you could uh, call him the Dutch muscle? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think Arthur Morgan's Dutch. Well, though, so you can semantics. call him. You can call him the Duchess Muscle. The Duchess's Muscle. <laughs> the Duchess's. <laughs> the Duchess's Muscle. Yes. The Duchess's Muscle. Um, so in the trailer, he's he's kind of going around. He comes upon some people who are definitely living on what appeared to be the run because they're on the outskirts of town in the in the mountains. And so he definitely looks like a pretty formidable character. Um, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun to play with him and actually get to know a different character in Dutch's gang. But the main question I do have is, is John Marsling going to show up? And there's a nice little part in the trailer. It's very quick towards the end where Dutch is asking Arthur if he has his back. And Arthur goes, of course, I always do. And I'm wondering if perhaps this could be the little seed planting of maybe John and Dutch is falling out. Um, and I'm kind of hoping, as we all saw in Grand Theft Auto V, how they kind of shocked everyone. It's like, hey, you get to play as three main characters. So I'm kind of hoping that that pops up and maybe you do get a chance to play as John Marson at some point. But I definitely do think he makes an appearance. Other than that, the scenery looks absolutely incredible because Red Dead Redemption was on PS3. So everybody, after we saw how good the graphics were on Grand Theft Auto V, were wondering what is this world going to look like? Because that late 1800s, early 1900s landscape is incredible. So much scenery. And it looks absolutely magnificent. One of the nice little features I noticed, you can actually go through water now. And that's a change because in Red Dead Redemption, if you went into water, you pretty much died. So I'm wondering if maybe, because hunting was such a big part of the first one. So I'm wondering if maybe fishing comes into play too for some of the side quests. But all in all, it looks like it's going to exceed expectations. Um, So I was wondering uh, what, because I know you said you hadn't really played too much of it. So what are you kind of looking forward to as kind of a new gamer to it? For sure. I think the Western theme, like I'm really interested in it. And I don't think a lot of games, I don't think a lot of movies, like I, I just don't think a lot of things do the Western theme right. And I think that's probably why there are so few good ones. And most of the, at least in the movies, most of the good Western movies came out way before we were born. I mean, like, I really enjoyed, for example, like, 310 to Yuma is one of my favorite movies of all time. They, I think they kind of nailed the grit of the cowboy. They're just kind of dirty and gross, but like you said, they're pretty badass. If you're asking me as, like, sort of a new gamer to that franchise, what I'm looking for, I think I just want the cowboy to be done right. And if you ask me what that is, maybe I don't know, but I think I would know it when I see it. And I remember from the first one, I think they nailed it. I think uh, it felt very authentic. I'll put it that way, right? (laughs) Not that I know anything about cowboy culture. I grew up in Boston, so uh, I literally don't know anything about cowboys. That pretty much makes you an expert, I think, in cowboys. Yeah, definitely an expert. So because this one, Red Dead Redemption was one of my my favorite games I've ever played. Um, Because back in the first one, we talked about how I always get to like 80, 85% complete on games. This is the one game that I completely got 100% on because I couldn't stop playing it. With this one, Red Dead Online, whatever that's going to end up being after the success of GTA Online, I can only imagine what they're going to throw in there. They're actually going to throw in like motorcycles and cars. <laughs> and limos. And, like, jet planes. <laughs> yeah. Condos. Um, pools. <laughs> yeah. Player housing. Cocaine. I swear to God, if there's another person with a tank ruining it for everybody <laughs> in Red Dead Online. Yep, definitely tanks. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember that one base where as soon as you got in, you immediately got five stars in GTA Five, and everyone just rushed you and murdered you really quickly? All the guards? Yeah, because that's where all the fighter jets were. And we would we would play we were we were playing that when you visited. We oh, just kept right. diving in. So they're actually going to do that. And read I actually read an email from the developers. <laughs> this is an exclusive. First first heard here. 
first tier to tier. I'm just going to throw a blanket allegedly on this. Yeah, yeah. So I heard they're actually going to do that, and instead of uh, tanks, because they want to keep it authentic, they're going to have very large horses. And these very large horses will rush you and kill you almost immediately. Yeah, definitely. I, I also heard this from a very reputable second <laughs> source. What would you want to be attacked by? Ten horse-sized tanks or ten tank-sized horses? No, it should be one ho- one tank-sized horse or ten horse-sized <laughs> yeah, tanks. You, you did ten for each one. Yeah, but still, they're smaller in scope. Because if you have tanks that are the size of horses, well, that's not really that worrisome. Dude, horses are gigantic. What kind of horse are we talking about? Miniature ponies or like Clydesdales? A horse-sized tank would essentially be D-Walkers from Metal Gear 5. Yeah, you can get around those. I don't know, dude. Those things fucked me up in that game. I got around those all the time. It always goes back to Metal Gear. Matt and Richard, have you guys played... Uh, the Red Deads? Uh, I have not personally myself. I've I've seen a lot of YouTube videos of it, but I haven't played it at all. And as far as I understand, Red Dead 2 has not been confirmed for PC yet. Um, I did play Red Dead, the first one, and I played a lot of it, but I never finished. I did think it nailed the whole Western narrative um, really well. Did you feel it? I don't know if I felt it in the same way you felt it. That's fair. It's a very <laughs> private question. When I was going to say though is that steve you mentioned that the map was going to be bigger and this may be a contentious point but a very large map intimidates me and i almost never finish games with like super super large maps and i'm like forcing myself to finish the witcher 3 over like years because i do think it's the best game i've ever played but like the scope is so large that it just throws me off my game so I don't know how that will affect my opinion of Red Dead 2, especially if it's like even larger and there's even more content to like finish and side quests and all that stuff. Yeah, there there definitely were uh, a ton of side quests to do between the bounties and then like if you really wanted to get 100, you had to, you know, have showdowns and shoot a certain amount of hats off of people. Like, <laughs> there were so many just tedious side quests on that. But this was just like one of those games that I could just pick up and be like, all right, well, I'll do a couple missions. And then, oh, I'll go hunt for 15 minutes. And then, oh, you know what? Maybe I will go get into a shootout and try to shoot some hats off people. Like, it was just one of those <laughs> things that kind of <laughs> kind of sucked me into it. I was like, this is really fun. And then, oh, the best part, too, is when you can unlock the uh, different outfits. Because once I got the duster, that thing never came off. I wouldn't take the duster off. No, it's, I mean, it's flame resistant. That's what it's made for. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I think it almost makes me miss the Far Cry series. I mean, it's the same reason I loved Far Cry. It's the same reason I loved Metal Gear 5. It's the ability to be empowered to do things the way you want to do them, I think is really exciting. I'll ask you this, though. Do you think it is necessary for me to have fully played the first one or or played it to the point that I understand the story well in order to appreciate the second one? I think you're missing out not playing it because it is actually one of the cooler endings to a video game that I experienced because it obviously does have that little twist. Oh, here's, here's more to do with the kid. I mean, obviously, let's just spoil it. He dies. You know, it's a bummer, but it's <laughs> it's one of the like because I can tell you're not going to play it, but it, it's a really cool scene you're not going to miss out much because it, it show. i mean they're introducing a brand new character so the way i see it and obviously this is just me reacting after a minute and a half long trailer so the way i see it is john marston will be in the game but i don't think he's gonna be you know such a huge part of it cool man well i'm very excited for that um 
Yeah, so let's talk about Destiny 2, um, the return of the Iron Banner. I'll admit to not having played the first Destiny, and I, I said that in the first podcast, but Steve, why don't you first enlighten us a little bit uh, about what the Iron Banner is all about? So it's, um, in a sense, kind of like the Trials of the Nine, but not as intense. You just compete in Crucible matches to try to uh, basically beat challenges in the Iron Banner. So it's the same way as like when you go into any world, you have the three challenges, or if you go into Crucible or Strike, uh, you have the three challenges on the right side. Um, so like right now the milestone is you know complete three of these challenges and then for because Iron Banner is like a whole season so over the course of the season you can get an you actually get an Iron Banner reward which is typically armor specifically Iron Banner armor that depend like right now that milestone is you have to get basically ten challenge packages completed or whatever so it's really just Crucible from what I've seen because it, it, right now by the time people hear this this uh, this will already have happened but the first one was Control so it's basically you just play a bunch of Control games and you try to win as many as you can um, to try to get as many as rewards as you can um, and then. Each week, it'll be a new game that you have to play. And then at the end of what they deem a season, then that's when you can hopefully collect your Iron Banner reward. Um, so it's really just another instance of them just kind of keeping everything fresh um, because they're introducing little things as they go while still waiting because eventually the big DLCs will come out too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I, I'll also admit to not having really enjoyed Crucible the first couple times I played it, but um, I came around to it. I think, And I think that's just a product of me getting better. Yeah, man, you're pretty um, like good. I played... I, played yesterday in the stream there i think i think i played five rounds and i was top of or i had the most kills in two of the rounds so I, I think i'm getting better and i'm actually liking it yeah i think i think in any game really the the addition of content especially not like dlc or anything like that adds more to the game something for you to grind out and adds time to it that's always a good addition anything that like yeah helps move the needle because like i don't know if this is true for you i'll just speak for myself steve but i'm getting to the point where for example, Steve and I tried to do a nightfall strike the other night with one of the guys from Sasquatch Armada, and we ran out of time every single time. And it was painful. It was rough. And if that's any indication, it was so rough. If that's any indication about what the raid will be like, I, I don't want to say I'm giving up, but like that's a tall order. That's going to be like six hours of mostly failure and maybe only failure. But from what I've seen, because you have six people in the raid, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but I think it's going different parts will be easier i think because the nightfall strike you have three people and we're still figuring out all right what section can we just run through what section do we actually have to sit here and fight um it is a little frustrating that we can't do it because we're just missing out on that sweet sweet loot but this is probably i i'm, I'm at the point now where i might just actually go make a new character and go join the super melee brothers over there while they do their uh melee only run throughs <laughs> but uh matt so you actually have now i think it's two weeks from to well yeah two weeks from when we're recording right now it's gonna be two weeks from today you actually get to enjoy some destiny so what do you think about all the stuff that's already been put out there so are you, are you actually getting excited to just jump right in and get in touch with all this because i don't think the pc guys are actually gonna have to wait as long <laughs> as we've had yeah i'm i'm interested to see uh well like i i hope they release with all the content and i have a friend who's just gonna like grind through it like crazy um and and just be doing like the top level content i'm, I'm sure within like the first week and a half um but i'm a much slower gamer i like to enjoy the like environments and everything and the music and whatnot but I am excited to just jump right in and go for the raid and go for hopefully that I think they're coming out with a second one on on console right right now I think there it's gonna be from what I'm seeing it's like a harder version of the raid 
like a more souped oh, up got version, it. which I, I mean, that just sounds, yeah. I haven't even touched the raid and I feel so shitty about it. I do like PVP a lot though. So, um, and I, and I played the beta of the second one and I played a lot of the first one. Um, and the, the, the beta PVP on PC was awesome. So I'm looking forward to doing that a lot too. Yeah, I, I played through the, the beta and watching gameplay of other people is just making me more like anxious towards it. So I'm like, oh, I want to play this. I really want to play this. And all of my coworkers at work are, are like consoles. So they're like, yeah, this is great. This is fun. One of them's even talking about like doing raids and stuff like that. And I'm like, I just can't wait. The gameplay looks really good. I never played the first one, but it looks Borderlands-esque to me, but more like action-y and more multiplayer. So that's always a good thing in my opinion yeah and and what's going to be interesting too is that like a year from now when anthem comes out which is like bioware's take on destiny or at least that's what i think it'll be based on you know what they've released so far it'll be interesting to see does the whole destiny crowd just migrate to anthem if it's better if you haven't seen the trailer and gameplay for that you should totally look at it it's awesome definitely have to check that out i'm curious to see if that would happen too because from what i've seen from even destiny one that fan base is pretty invested yeah i'm glad uh iron banner's coming back or at least for me i'm glad it's here for the first time yeah i'm excited to get into it so with that let's let's talk about streaming so we're just going to kind of keep this a little bit informal. Like I said in the beginning, too, you're the reason I got into streaming, and that's huge. Um, and, it, and it's been super fun for me so far. Yeah, so I think it would be really great if you could talk a little bit more about your experience, sort of what got you into streaming. And just, yeah, let's let's get to know Richard the streamer a little bit more. Uh, well, I mean, obviously I've been playing video games for forever. So, you know, there's that. I remember playing video games all the way back until I can remember. But as far as streaming goes... Um, I actually initially formed my channel with my wife and a friend and we were all like, you know what? Hey, let's just give this a shot. We all play games together. Let's just stream it, you know, see what happens. I, I've watched a couple people stream myself. You know, I never really got into it really largely until I did start streaming. And, you know, the option to be able to bring people in as an audience and, you know, have them be entertained by you. I always enjoyed making people laugh and I still do to this day. We did that for a little while and it kind of died out. They both kind of lost interest, but I I stuck to it and then back in the beginning of this year January was when I started going through it hardcore and I was like you know this is something that I really enjoy and I, I want to be successful at it kind of like a, a hobby I guess you would really think of it because that's really what it is you know we're doing gaming already as a hobby so why not include more people into that I just had a year uh, celebration stream the other day which was pretty cool and um, I wanted to know what do you find are the challenges to streaming because for me I've done some streaming here and there as you know but the first challenge for me was like actually getting started and setting everything up and then the second challenge was just finding the time to do it but that that those are personal to me so like what you're a much more consistent streamer than I am you have like a huge community and following and so yeah I just wanted to know like what what sort of challenges you face as a streamer I think hands down the biggest challenge that any streamer is going to face is when they're first starting out because anybody can get the equipment you can get it set up you know you can start your stream that that stuff's easy the the hardest part would be when you're first starting out and you don't have anybody in your chat you're just there basically by yourself so you have to learn to enjoy it when nobody's around around and make it fun for yourself and I think consistently that is what you need to do no matter how big your audience gets no matter how large your community gets 
I mean, you can you can probably focus on you know certain aspects of it, but I think to keep it fun for yourself is is the hardest challenge and the most important thing that you can do. Yeah, I think I don't know. Like, do do all of us enjoy getting new followers on Twitch? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I think what you need to remember, you kind of need to see the forest through the trees, right? Like we're doing this because we like doing it. It's it's funny because you're like, you need to learn how to do that by yourself. But like, that's what we've been doing since we were kids. Like the first couple of times I even streamed, I think I was playing like the Walking Dead game. I think the first time I streamed throughout the entire time, I think maybe three or four people were in there at the most, but most of the time it was just me. And so I tried it, but then I just realized, you know what? This is fine. Whatever. Just talking to myself, playing a video game. But my backup is I always have the dog in the room. So at worst, I'm just like, nope, just talking to the dog. Just me and the dog chatting it up. It works out pretty that's well. So cute. <laughs> if that's, that, I mean, that's really it because I think the first like two or three months that I did it, I only had like maybe, you know, one or two people that were actually like consistently there. And that was, you know, iffy at best if they were going to be there. So it's, it really is just about having fun. And like you said, you, you're having fun already. So it, it's another element, but always keep it fun for yourself. What would, uh, what would you say are some of the pros and cons of, the streaming community as a whole that you've witnessed? Well, um, I mean, generally overall, the stream community is great because you, you meet a lot of people that want to be part of the community and they really are just there to have fun, make friends. You know, I, I call like a lot of the people that I stream with or the people that I watch like Jitsu is part of the stream family. You know, it's basically friends that you've met this way and people that you're hanging out with all the time. The only really negative parts that I've found are people that, you know, you would see as like the people that want to be the star of the show and you know they don't they're not really interested in supporting anybody else they're always there in their show you know you mm -hmm. don't see them anywhere else they're just kind of basically there mm -hmm. for themselves and there's not a lot of people like that but you do meet them here and there but overall it's it's a really positive experience and it's a, a lot of great people involved in the community i also had a question that i was wondering about the other day how has discord which is like basically now hang on did you just call it discord yeah it's Discord. Which cord is it? It's Discord. Listen, I'm from Long Island, so I have a very particular accent. That doesn't Eng make right? English different. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Long Island people just pronounce the wrong <laughs> on the wrong syllables. <laughs> no, that was a thing. Now anyway, I do. Well, the uh, more you know. More. Get to know a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Um, how has that sort of like changed streaming or gaming? Because I know for, for me, it's been a huge shift and has sort of like brought my community of friends who I have, but like we all sort of didn't know we were gamers and now we're all together on like a discord channel. So like, how has that affected your streaming? Um, I mean, with, with as long as I've been doing it, discord has uh, always kind of been a part of it because I really got into Discord right about mm. the same time that I got into streaming. So it was just kind of a natural progression for me to say, you know, let's make a community here and throw people in it. And it, it actually helps improve the interactivity between viewers and streamers because you're always connected. It's kind of like Instagram and Twitter where there's always that chat where you can go, hey, you know, let pop in. We'll play a game together. Even when you're not streaming, you can, you know, hang out and talk or have the offline discussions where you're not in voice. And, you know, you're just talking about how your day's going and, and hmm. anything that you would like to put in there um my last question 
I don't know if you guys have other questions, but my last question is what is your favorite game to stream? Maybe not for your viewers, but for yourself. That's a tough one. Um, lately, it has been Dead by Daylight just because I'm mm-hmm. I'm just obsessed with that game right now and I'm I'm loving it. Um, it's it's hard to say this is my funnest game for myself, but Five Nights at Freddy's has been mm. one that's been really well received by everybody just because it's so I haven't so, watched that like, one. What's that, what's that one about? I need to check that one out. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, it's it's hard to describe, but basically you're uh, stuck in a room. Uh, the first one, there's several of these for some reason. The first one, you're stuck in a room and you're basically watching cameras so that evil, murderous animatronics can't get to you and kill you there's a lot of lore and background you know (laughs) yes there's there's it gets a lot more in depth and each one is progressively harder but yeah they're all mostly the same premise i think the the clear-cut place where i draw the line is like facebook i think that one is one that i keep mostly personal if somebody wanted to i think they could track me down and find me on facebook i just don't openly advertise it so i have you know a lot of social media you know obviously i have a twitter instagram the discord for it i did set up a facebook i just haven't used it for it um so you could find me that way but as far as that i mean yeah you're putting yourself out there but also for the most part i don't think it's anything that you should really be too concerned with don't put like a lot of personal information out there like oh well this is my address this is where i live you know this is where i work and this is my schedule kind of thing i think really like something like facebook is something that i keep personal just because that's where you know my family is and all that stuff it was particularly challenging for me because i use my twitter a ton for work as like i'm sure you know and so it was weird for like my work twitter connections to see that i was doing this thing that involved video games and vice versa you know like you follow me on twitter you see all the stuff i tweet about my work and the events and all that um and so it was it's an interesting sort of it's like they sort of cross paths my personal and, and professional life but at the same time I'm not old, I'm 27, but I've gotten to the point where I just don't give a shit about how people perceive me as much, right? Yeah, and I, I, I think that's really the key to it too, is is especially with you, like you said, you've used it on both applications, so your work kind of knows about what you do, and that's how it happened with me. It's kind of like a natural progression where you just basically don't care what people think of you at that point. So some people that I work with know that I do it, some people have even watched me, but it's, it's just kind of one of those things where with Twitch, you're you're putting your real self out there, and I think being genuine is an important thing, and I think that's part of it, where people will, you know, oh, well, this is what you do, you know, this is, okay, you know, you just have to be comfortable with yourself about it. Yeah, that's one of the, the biggest things, too, is because no matter what you do, whether it be, you know, just your everyday life or work, like, you're going to have people who like and support you and, you know, are interested in what you're doing, and then you have people who, you know, don't get it or really just don't care. Who cares? As long as you're having fun with it, that's one of the coolest things about what I've seen from, um, because I've only really been in the the Twitch community for a few months now, Um, but even in that brief time, every stream I've been in, it's always been incredibly positive, just people having a good time conversing with each other. And that's one of the coolest parts of the gaming community. I know growing up, I'm sure we've all had our experiences like with first person shooters and you always deal with those types of gamers who are just always trying to get a rise out of you. But it's like a completely different atmosphere when you go over into the Twitch world because you actually have people supporting what you're doing and genuinely interested in what you're showing them. All right, so I got a little uh, a two-part question for you, or perhaps a, a two-part question. What have you seen are some of the best ways to grow the streaming network? And then on top of that, when you do start growing your community, 
um, what are some of the challenges you run into when you're trying to make sure that it kind of stays up to your standards in terms of, you know, who's joining your streams and who's participating in this community you've built? Um, well, as far as growing, the best places you can do that are on Twitter and Twitch itself. Twitter, you can find people under different hashtags just for different games or personally the biggest one I use is hashtag support small streamers because that's a lot of uh, smaller audience ones people that you can actually like talk to communicate with on a good level there's not going to be a lot of people in most of those streams other ways on twitch itself to grow the community is just watch other people's streams get involved in their communities see who's watching them because I mean twitch has you know I want to say it's uh, several million streamers so just about everybody nowadays can stream and wants to stream so you just have to get involved and find those people that you know want to form a community that's how i've found pretty much everybody that i've been involved with um chuck a q dante savage and just about anybody team lake um those are a couple of the streamers that i've met that way and it's it's a really great way to do that as far as maintaining the level of people in your community i've been like trolled a couple times or you know different things like that but those people kind of eventually just get bored and and leave if you don't really you know as they say feed the trolls so i really Really haven't had to worry too much about people being you know dicks in my community or in the stream or anything along those lines you, you do want to be careful with it a little bit but at the level that you're at it's not really something that people are really going to try hard to do at least from what i've noticed yeah because i've definitely seen that because your community is uh, one of the ones that i've kind of got into a few times once i started to actually get involved with twitch and so i've always seen that everybody's actually very pleasant which is a nice scene because most of the time on the internet like especially when you just look at, like at anybody's twitter feed most of the time it's just a bunch of people doing snarky remarks at everybody and i've been guilty of that myself i send a few snarky comments to uh kappa 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 so every now and then you get a little snarky but um every time you know in all the streams that i've been in when i've watched uh, manny stream uh, everybody that's involved there is really into it for just the joy of playing video games and actually conversing with people yeah i think i think a lot of it too is what you put out in the community because you can go to a lot of like the bigger streamers and you know they they may be kind of like jerks themselves and their community kind of emanates that so it's it's really what you put out into the community and that's those are the people that'll stay and hang out with you for sure and i think to your point about sort of like the the bigger streamers i think there's also smaller streamers that for whatever reason I, I think what, what, what makes the Twitch community better is positivity, right? And I think there are some people, for whatever reason, they kind of like seek out that, that negativity and they kind of breed it in, in, this, in like this competitive taste, right? And I think that that's just like isn't productive in the, in the streaming community because I think we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all paddling in the same yeah, direction, yeah. you know what I mean? So just because any one person is doing something differently the way you, than the way you might do it um, doesn't necessarily mean that it's counterproductive to their goals. So yeah exactly and i think that's that's another thing to to focus on when you are streaming and when you're just starting especially is not to compare yourself to what other people are doing and not try to be popular the same way other people are just try and be yourself and it'll grow that way well do you guys have any other questions for uh richard he answered all my questions what's your favorite video game of all time only one <sighs> um fallout 3 wow yeah, really 
It's not Dark Souls 2. That's that's unexpected. No, it's a surprising answer, not Dark Souls 2. <laughs> Why Fallout 3? Yeah. Uh, I just, I really, I really love the universe that Fallout has created. The, you know, post-apocalyptic mm. yet 1950s era style. Super highly technology based. It's it's a very unique environment and just a lot of the lore. And, and Fallout 3 was the first Fallout game that I played in the series. So, I mean, I, it has a, a fond place in my heart. It's it's one of those games where I started it on the Xbox and then I got the digital copy on the Xbox mm. and then I got a copy for the PC and then the game of the year version on the PC and it's I mean it's it's just one of those games that I just love and I can always go back and play and that's that's part of the reason I want to start it up again because it was such a, a good game for me. That's cool because usually. Usually if people are going to pick like a Bethesda game as their favorite, they're going to say like Morrowind, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it it's interesting that you're going with Fallout 3. And I but mean, I, to- I totally understand what you mean. Yeah. The environment and the music. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah, and, and I did play Morrowind and the Elder Scrolls is great. But I mean, I, I've seen, you know, a couple medieval games and, and Skyrim and Morrowind and Oblivion were all great and unique. But there's only only so many, you know, 1950s apocalyptic games that you see out True. there. Good point. <laughs> Nice. Well, Richard, thanks for answering our answering our questions, man. We appreciate it. Of course, of course. It's been a you're pleasure a, being you're here. You're a gentleman and a scholar for joining us on this fine Tuesday. <gasps> oh, and a scholar. Play, Des- uh, play Dark Souls two more, please. I'm I gonna I'm gonna get Dark Souls <laughs> three and start with that because it's supposedly the easiest. I would one. I would agree for sure. Well, before we we close out, why don't we? Um, Dude, why don't you plug your uh, Twitch stream real quick? Twitch.tv slash Toot Loot Riot. T-O-O-T-L-O-O-T-R-I-O-T. There you go. <laughs> Look at this guy with no underscores. No underscores. <laughs> no underscores. Yeah. And Steve, why don't you tell us about your new your uh, your new Twitch name? Because you've changed it, right? One less underscore, you know, because I'm, I'm a man of the people is really what it is. Yeah. Uh, they spoke. I listened. Um, doctor underscore all one word mantis toboggan m-a-n-t-i-s-t-o-b-o-g-g-a-n underscore and that's it there you go very nice why don't we just why don't we go around the horn matt what's your uh twitch name uh oh it's lieutenant eagle eye as is all my gaming profiles yeah um it's just slash l-t-e-a-g-l-e-e-y-e nice and i'm uh twitch.tv backslash backslash is it a backslash there's just a slash i never know uh twitch.tv no i think that's a i think that's a forward, forward slash. slash yeah twitch.tv forward slash uh jitsu 202 i personally have a question what's what's the 202 from uh 202 is a zip code i'm sorry it's the area code of washington dc uh, that's okay. where i live Perfect. Uh, secret revealed that is a podcast only well now special. you just opened yourself up to stalkers yep now I know exactly where you live. Richard, thank you for being here. We appreciate course, the enlightenment. And I had a blast. I hope you guys did too. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ombre Gaming Podcast. We have some more awesome episodes in the works. So yeah, thanks for stopping by. And we'll see you guys again soon. Bye. Bye.